Now, our heart's prayer as a church is that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. And, uh, you know, it gives me so much joy to hear the testimonies of people feeling loved. And, but we need you to do that. We need you to just be continually looking out to see who you can welcome, who you can love. You know, if you actually understood the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, you'd behave differently. And what that means in Ephesians 1 is that you are intensely valuable to God. It's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. Therefore, he wants you to wake up and realize just how precious you are, that you now, you are the light of the world. And you are a gift to everybody you greet. And if you would wake up to it, if you would allow the Father to to have the Holy Spirit enlighten the eyes of your understanding in that revelation, the way you would interact with each other would change. Instead of looking at people and thinking, do they accept me? Am I okay? Do I feel accepted? Will I open my heart? You'll be approaching it from a completely different perspective. You'll be looking and thinking, thank you, God. That you are my God. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And Father, I thank you that I get to be the manifestation of God's love to everybody I interact with today. Hallelujah. It would change lives around you. And this is, this is a prayer. You know I love to pray biblical prayers. I love to pray the Bible. But this prayer in Ephesians 1 is something that I really believe as we take time to allow the Holy Spirit revealing, to reveal truth to us about it, that there is revelation there that will transform not only you, but your entire world. Hallelujah. God is good. Well, we've been sharing recently about um, meditating on the Word of God. I shared last week from Philippians uh, chapter 4 and about Whatever is pure and noble and true and praiseworthy and virtuous, all of these good things, whatever is is honorable, is pure, is pure, we are to meditate on these things, which is to to focus on them, think on these things, and not just have a glance and a a, a quick um, mental agreement with truth, but actually be deliberate to steward, steward those truths and to begin to digest it. When you eat food, as it digests properly, the nutrients actually become part of your blood system. It becomes part of who you are. And God wants his truth to be more than a mental concept that you agree with. He wants it to become part of who you are. Hallelujah. I want to share with you a scripture today from Colossians chapter 3. Who likes Colossians? Wonderful book. Highly recommend the Bible if you are not a regular reader. It is a gift and a blessing to us. Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 15. It says this, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. What does that mean? Well, you know, when I looked at it uh, in the Greek and looked in the the dictionaries, 
It's talking here about that supernatural oneness that we have with God as children of God. Hallelujah. It's that being joined to him, that magnificent truth that we are actually joined to the Prince of Peace himself. As we reckon ourselves dead and alive to Christ, no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me, the Prince of Peace now lives in me. I am joined to him. And we are in, encouraged here to deliberately have that revelation, that truth, that supernatural peace that passes understanding rule in our hearts, rule in our thinking, rule our souls. And you know, we have a choice made in the image of God. You and I, every one of us have a free will and we have a choice. We, can, we get to choose every day. Even as new creations in Christ, set free from the old nature, we still have a choice every day as to who we will listen to. We have a choice as to what we will think, what we will do, and what we will choose in everything. My prayer is that we become fully aware and fully awake. That we wouldn't just be blown about by every little emotion that might come across our hearts. By, we wouldn't be taken down every little rabbit trail that our thoughts might uh, want to go to. But we would become a disciplined people. Now sometimes people think about the word discipline and they get, oh, well, I, you know, we don't want to be religious. But, you know, as new believers, we actually are in a war. As believers in Christ, as new creations, there is a war going on. And the war is about worship. Who are you going to worship? Who are you going to exalt in your thinking, in your actions, in your life? And every day we get to choose. And we have to make disciplined choices. Not to be blown about by every thought that would come. We have to learn how to govern ourselves, have authority over our own soul. Like David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's telling his soul what to do. Why are you downcast within me, soul? Sort yourself out. Bless God. You have a choice and we must choose life. We must choose life in all of our ways, in all of our thinking. We need to become fully aware that we are making choices and that we are not called to be passive victims, blown about by every emotion or every circumstance, but that we now, as people who have been created in the image of God, People who have been made in the image of the all-conquering one. People who now have the King of kings and the Lord of lords living, ruling and reigning inside of us. We have a choice to bring every thought into subjection to his authority. To the authority that we have as part of him. Hallelujah. And so we are told to rule our hearts. You have to rule it. You have to sort it out and tell it, hey, heart, what are you thinking? And you get to choose. You need, as you become aware, what am I thinking? No, not going to have that one. No, no, no. What's my happy thought for the day, Lord? What's something that's true? What's something that's pure? What's something that's noble? What's something that's virtuous? Okay, pick one. There's so many. 
You can, in worship, there's so many incredible thoughts, incredible、uh, truths that just come through the words of the song. Pick any one. There's power in the name of Jesus. Okay, that's my happy thought. I'm going to think about this. I'm not just going to think about it, I'm actually going to meditate on it. I'm going to calm and quiet my soul, and I'm going to deliberately focus on this truth. What does that mean? We're not. Doing some new age thing because we're not emptying our mind and trying to connect with the universe. Instead, we are taking control of our souls. We are ruling with the peace of God, with our oneness, our connectedness with Him. And we are telling our souls, okay, say, soul, we're going to think on this truth so that it becomes more than a surface level thing and starts to come down and starts to be digested in my spirit. Until it becomes part of my identity. Until it becomes a truth that I no longer know about, but a truth that I am intimately acquainted with and applying in my life. So let the peace of God rule in your heart. This is something that when your mind has been let go and, and undisciplined, is a bit of a challenge in the initial phases. Your mind is so used, many of us, so used to just going wherever it wants to go. But the Lord is wanting us to, instead of being so easily distracted, to begin to, be, begin to understand what it is to rule, to govern our thoughts, govern our hearts, govern our emotions deliberately so that we can live life and life more abundant. The mind that is fixed on Him. Is life and peace. Hallelujah. And we can know that and go, yes, that's right. But how many of us actually apply it? Actually, deliberately take time. Okay, my mind is stayed on Him. I will stay on, I'm going to choose something that's true, something that's pure. What's the noble thought for, for this moment? And, and deliberately tell everything else, no. Nope, nope, not going to figure that out right now. I'm not going to try and work that out. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child is my soul within me. I'm not going to trouble myself with trying to figure out problems that I don't have the answers to. I'm, going to, I'm not going to be haughty and proud and think that I even know what the answers are. God, I've cast my cares on you. I've flicked them off with a quick toss, like the, the scripture says. And And I have said, Lord, I thank you that I, that is not my worry. That is not my problem. I've given it to you. And Lord, now I choose to reject those thoughts and I choose to think on something that's true, something that's pure, something that's praiseworthy, that's noble, that's virtuous. Amen? So it goes on. I'm going to go back. Colossians chapter 3, starting at verse 1. It's beautiful. Have you got your Bibles with you? One thing with a lot of people who read their Bibles on iPads, I, I like to travel with my iPad because I've got lots of different versions on there and、um, you know, it's too heavy to carry lots of different Bible versions around. I used to do that, it's just weight restrictions make it impossible and it's just convenient. But one of the things that can be a problem with reading your Bible on your devices is it's like, whoop, 
There comes a notification. There's a notification from the newsroom. There's a notification from Facebook. There's a notification from something else. And before you know it, you're studying the word. Boo! We're off. Squirrel. Oh, there's another thing. So it's a good thing. If you, if you find you have that problem, anybody want to be honest and say that happens sometimes? Yeah. Oh, I have to know about that news. No. Instead, you know, maybe pop it on airplane mode when you go to study the Bible deliberately. Okay, so it's not going to come up. Or pick up a paper Bible. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. We have been crucified with Christ. By grace, we are saved through faith. Hallelujah. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Praise God. We have been buried with him, crucified with him, buried with him, raised up with him. And now we are seated with him in heavenly places when we have exchanged our sin to receive in faith the righteousness of God. When we've exchanged our lives to receive in faith new life, where we become new creations. This is the reality. This isn't our future. We are already raised up with him. Hallelujah. That makes you now... uh, eternal uh, beings with eternal life hallelujah you are seated in heavenly places with him hooray you know where he is he's at the right hand of the father which is the most special place if you've had any rejection issues or insecurity think on this you are seated in the most favored place you are In Christ, at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. You are absolutely adored. You are raised up with him. He says, now because you've been raised up with him, seek those things which are above. Fix your thoughts. Begin to deliberately recognize my mind is not created for a whole lot of worries and a whole lot of problems. My mind is not created for anxiety. My mind is created to think about heavenly things. My mind is created to operate in the mind of Christ, to think the thoughts of heaven. Hallelujah. It says in verse 2, set your mind on things above not on things of the earth we can read that and go yes that's a good idea but how many of us actually live this reality where we deliberately steward those thoughts that want to crowd our thinking we can spend hours and hours in fact throughout the week looking at social media and just having your thoughts filled up with that. A lot of people, when they get a spare moment, I just read in the paper this morning, a secular newspaper, they're saying 70% of people, when they get a spare moment, are on their phone scrolling through social media. And then they were saying in the secular paper, they're saying, why don't you try to to take some time and not occupy yourself with your phone? So science says that you'll have more creative thoughts. And I thought, well, that's just so logical. And it's actually biblical that God is not wanting us to have our minds so crowded with 
things of the earth. He doesn't want you crowding your mind with what everyone else is doing and what's going on. He wants you stewarding your thoughts deliberately and setting them on things that are above. That is on the face of the Father who's looking at you and loving you. He's wanting you to set your mind on, on the intimate communion and fellowship with God. I'm writing my uh, next book at the moment on life with the Holy Spirit. And as, I, um, as I've been writing this, I've been praying and asking the Lord and realizing actually my genuine, deep, one desire is to really know Him. I just, I really want to know Him. And I'm realizing as I'm writing this, more and more my hunger to really, really know Him. God is love. I want to know Him. I want to know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of Him. I want to actually really get to know this God that I am invited into fellowship with. And as you begin to recognize that as you set your thoughts on heavenly things, the Holy Spirit will awaken you to the reality that that is your deepest desire too. If you think, well, I wish my desire was that, actually, that is what you genuinely desire. But when you're not disciplining your soul, the soul comes in, the, the thoughts come in and they crowd and they, they make you think, oh, I want this and I want this and I want this, when actually the truth is you have the heart, the mind and the motives of Christ and you desire to know him intimately. Hallelujah. As you pray, as I pray this prayer, Lord, Father, I'm asking for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Enlighten the eyes of my understanding to really know you. I want to know all about you. I want to intimately become acquainted with you. I began to realize that even though I have... Um, God-given desires and prophecies about uh, souls and reaching the world, I actually, it's almost irrelevant in comparison to my desire to just know Him. I really want to know Him. But unless you actually begin to engage in this ruling your soul with the peace of God, you won't get still enough to realize that's what you really want. Until you actually begin to engage in a disciplined life that says, I'm going to let the peace of God deliberately rule my heart today. You'll be thinking, well, I want this. I just want this breakthrough for my family. I just want this. I just want that. But if you begin to discipline your thoughts, he'll begin to show you this is what you actually want. And as you seek what you begin to recognize, this is what I truly desire. As you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all those things are added to you. Hallelujah. We know it, but God wants us to actually experience it. He wants to bring us to a new level of supernatural awakening where these truths become more than Sunday school verses we've memorized where these truths actually become 
the glistening, shining life of God pulsating through our very being and shining through our eyes. Hallelujah. Causing us to go after what we're truly desiring. Amen. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. That's another filter you can run through your thoughts. Hey, okay, where am I? Where's my thoughts right now? Hang on. Are they on things of the earth or are they on things above? I've heard people say, oh, well, you, you know, don't want to get too heavenly minded that you're, you're of no earthly good. That's ridiculous. I don't know where that statement came from. You cannot be too heavenly minded. I realize there are people who are just always um, looking for demons here, there and everywhere. They're, you know, trying to discern what's wrong with everybody else. That is not heavenly minded. That is dressed up in it with an air of spirituality, but that is not heavenly minded. In heaven, there is no accusation. There is supernatural peace. There is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen? So we need to become people who are truly heavenly minded. Hallelujah. Hooray. For you died. Oh, it just gets better. This is the good news for those who have been born again by the spirit of God, by the grace of Jesus through faith in him. You have died. You have died. That is happier than you're actually reacting. You have died. You go, well, why is that so happy? You have been set free from you. I have been set free from me and my family and the world around me has been set free from me. Which is good news. Because me, I can get worried, I can get anxious, I can just begin to woof, go on a completely different track of trying to make things happen and blah, blah, blah. But when I reckon myself dead, when I remind myself the truth, if I have a choice every day, whether I live by the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ or whether I drift into deception, I must choose. So every day, I need to pick up this truth. I have died. Says it here. You have died. Hallelujah. For you died. I died. I have been crucified with Christ. I reckon myself every day. I choose. I choose today to remind myself. It's no longer Catherine who lives. Catherine is not in control. Uh, it's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine is the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I have been made alive in him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. I have become one with him. I'm not separate from him. We are now a thing. We are now joined. Hallelujah. So I have the same authority that has been given to Christ in the earth. I have been given authority now to take control over every rogue thought that might try to come across the screen of my imagination. And I have the authority to take it captive, cast it down, and choose something that's true, pure, noble, holy, praiseworthy. Hallelujah. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hooray. That means people shouldn't be able to see you. They should see God. 
when they experience you, instead of experiencing all your stress, ah, hello, ah, and you spill out all the trauma and the trouble and the stuff that's going on, that is a sign that you are walking in a lie that says that you still have to sort it all out. You're living in a lie that suddenly I'm on my own and I'm trying God to get God to do something. When in reality, your life is hidden in Him. And you can trust Him. As you cast your cares on Him, He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and the peace of God will rule in your heart. Hallelujah. We need to be deliberate to be people who live with our lives hidden in God. So that requires actually a little bit of faith preparation. It means looking in the mirror of the, of the truth. We look in, tr- in the truth, Jesus, the face of who is the way, the truth, and the life. We look at him. He is our mirror. I look at him and I say, thank you, God, the truth today. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. My life is hidden with God in Christ. So... When I speak to people, they're going to encounter love. They're going to encounter peace. They're going to encounter joy. They're going to encounter absolute hope and acceptance. Hallelujah. They're going to encounter the very aroma of Christ. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, verse 5, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Now, as I've looked at this, as I've been studying this, and as it talks about put on, put off, put on, put off, I'm trying to understand it. You know, what is this? Are, are we, it's a, if we have the English If we just take literally the English interpretation of this, it's a little bit like having a gum tree and trying to get some apples and stick it on it. Put on apples, put on fruit on this tree. But fruit comes from the very DNA of the tree. It comes as a result of that tree being identified by the fruit that it's going to produce. It has to be an inside job. And so we can't put this stuff on as though it is external to who we are. So as I began to look in the Greek, it says here, it's not actually get it externally and put it on, or reach out and try and get it and put it on. It's actually sink into it. It, it's, the literal Greek means sink into it like sinking into a garment. In other words... It's the same word as I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's the same root there, which means positioned at rest. So we need to position ourselves and just sink into this truth. Sounds a little bit like meditating, doesn't it? Deliberately digest this truth, sink into it, rest into this reality. Thank you, God, deliberately today. I'm not trying to externally add fruit to my life. I am deliberately going to remind myself of the truth 
that this is not part of my identity anymore. I am set free from this. I don't have to be ruled by whatever thoughts might come my way. I have power now, hallelujah, because of the name of Jesus, because of who I am joined to. I have authority to discipline my soul. I have authority to discipline my life, to line up with the reality that I am in him and he is in me. Amen? So therefore, put to death, that is also, reckon yourself dead. Remember, when these things come your way, you have power now to reject them. These things are external to you. So when they come your way, externally, you need to recognize, ah, all right, temptation for fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. All of those things, it says here, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, it's no longer part of you. You've been given freedom to choose now. You now have a different DNA. You have a different desire. As you are connecting with the truth, you recognize my desire is for righteousness, peace, and joy. Therefore, that is not what I want. Hallelujah. And I have power to choose and say no. Do not lie to one another since you put off the old man with his deeds and have put on, sunk into, like a a position of rest, sunk into it. As you have sunk into, deliberately uh, disciplined your mind to align with truth, you have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jews, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Hallelujah. Who do you think you are? It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. As you believe yourself to be, as you see yourself, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God... Holy and beloved. Do you believe yourself to be holy? Well, you think, well, I didn't behave very well yesterday. I was a bit selfish or I was a bit this or I was a bit lazy or I was a bit cranky. Praise the Lord. We are not defined by our behavior yesterday. We are defined by the fact that we've put our faith in the Son of God. We've believed that you have taken my sin. As I've confessed my sin, you are faithful and just to forgive me. Cleanse me from all all unrighteousness. As I repent, I receive by faith the truth that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. This is my identity. As you are, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. Therefore, I must believe that I am holy and I am beloved. There's a happy thought for the day. If you woke up and go, okay, I'm going to meditate on this. I am holy and dearly loved. It almost doesn't seem legal to spend a whole five minutes thinking on that. 
But you know, that's not going to make you puffed up and proud. It's actually going to make you so soft and so shiny. Hallelujah. As you, if you took a whole five minutes to think and to, to deliberately reject every thought that isn't that one, I am holy and dearly loved by God himself. What does that look like? That means all my thoughts are holy. That means all my actions are holy. That means all my speech is holy. That means that I am absolutely adored. I'm not just tolerated. God's not like, well, I love her because I think one day she'll come good. He's looking at me going, you have been made holy. You are pure, you are righteous, and I fully love you right now. I celebrate you, I love you. You see, if you actually believed it, you'd get off the treadmill of trying to become it, and you'd actually begin to manifest fruit from the inside out instead of trying to find it to, to decorate yourself with. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, I dare you to meditate on that for five minutes tomorrow morning. Ooh, what will it feel like to, look, to really think about being holy and dearly loved? Put on tender mercies. This is that word, put on. Sink into, like sinking into a garment. Remind yourself, this is my identity. This is what I look like by the grace of the Lord Jesus through faith in him. Ah, I'm deliberately going to tell myself the truth. I'm going to preach to my soul right now. Soul, um, you are full of tender mercy. Everyone you interact with, you, you manifest the tender mercy of God. You are kindness personified. Hallelujah. You are humble. You are meek. You are long-suffering. You bear with one another. You forgive everyone. If anyone has a complaint against you, even as Christ forgave you, you also do. Hallelujah. Because this is what is on the inside of you now. And as you actually steward it, as you actually digest it, as you actually meditate on it, this is the fruit that will begin to manifest on the outside. Hallelujah. But above all these things, put on, sink into, remind yourself this is actually my identity. Love, which is the bond of perfection and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Now this is such a powerful, powerful passage. I'm going to preach it until people start living it. Because if we actually began to read the Bible like little children who took it and went, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to have this. I'm going to apply it. If we actually lived like that, life would look so different for so many people. God wants you to really be the aroma of Christ everywhere you go. So that when you get near people, they're excited because they can sense the very atmosphere of heaven. You smell like God in that you are, you're, 
just being near you, they begin to recognize this abundant fruit. Hallelujah. Because he who abides in him bears much fruit. As we actually begin to sink into this revelation, that requires becoming still on the inside. That requires a lifestyle of meditating on the truth of God. As you deliberately, like you could even take a whole day where you didn't do any social media. And you just deliberately gave that day to thinking about things that were pure and true and lovely. What if in your five-minute break, instead of scrolling through Facebook, you actually opened up Colossians 3 and went, I'm just going to have five minutes on this little passage. God's not looking to steal your fun He's looking to actually give you a life that is truly full of joy, truly full of peace, truly full of life and life more abundant. He wants to add to you. He wants to encourage you. But we must learn to not deceive ourselves by being hearers only. We must become doers of the word. We've got to understand that we can do this simply because it is who we are. As we remember what we look like, as we remind ourselves, this is what I look like. And we continually keep it in front of us. As we deliberately decide, I want to apply this. I want to actually begin to explore this reality in my world. You'll begin to see the manifestation of his glory, of his life, of his fruit. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for your truth tonight. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would help us to truly apply this to our lives. Lord, that you'd help us recognize the reality that as you are, so am I in this world. Lord, that you'd help us remember, thank you, I have died. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Help us, each one here, those that have surrendered their lives to Christ, to reckon themselves dead on a daily basis, reminding themselves and making choices that are for life, choices that are to discipline and rule their souls with the peace of God. Lord, I ask that you would bring a paradigm shift in those that have been laboring, trying to seek after peace, that they would begin to recognize that they already have it and they need to exercise it with governing authority. God, I'm asking for a holy boldness to rise up in your people, that you would help them, Father, not to be the victims on the run, but to be the victors that has the enemy on the run. Father, I'm asking that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that we would truly come to know you, the Prince of Peace, that we would understand that this is who you are living on the inside of us. Lord, that everyone we meet would be impacted by the truth, the peace, the glory, the life, the magnificent blessing of in, in being impacted by you in the mighty and the holy name of Jesus, I pray. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah.